0: Good morning. How's everyone this morning? Good? Good. good. Just a real quick announcement. Uh, Pastor Bill is going to be taking some vacation and heading back to see his family. Uh, so we will have class Sunday, uh, July 25th, and then we'll take a short break, and we will resume classes Sunday, August 8th. So if you want to make a note of that, and I'll announce it the next couple of weekends as well, but uh, that'll be coming up quick. So remember, we will have class Sunday, uh, July 25th, We'll take a short break, and then uh, we will resume classes uh, Sunday, August 8th. So with that, this is an expository-type teaching where we go through the different books of the Bible verse by verse. And we're currently in the study of Romans. Each Sunday, we pass out our grace and actions, which contain a summary of the prior week's teachings as well as class notes for you to follow along this morning. So now, before we begin our Bible study this morning, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be sure we're in fellowship with the Father. We do this by taking a moment of silence, allowing time for each one of us to privately confess any known sins to the Father. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for this day that we may assemble together as fellow members of the body of Christ and study your almighty word. We give thanks for every individual you've led to your service here this morning. Those among us in the chapel, those listening on the internet, and for anyone who may hear this message at a later date. Thank you for our current study of Romans. We pray this service draws us closer to you and that you open our hearts and minds that we may hear what the Spirit has to say to us this morning. May we take what we have learned and apply it to our daily lives. Challenge us to extract our spiritual nourishment and to grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior. We ask that you continue to bring us wisdom and give us strength and perseverance in our trials. Help each one of us to learn in the liberty of your grace, freeing us from legalism, works, and fears attacking us daily, always keeping you in thought and prayer, bringing glory to you. Thank you for providing us with every spiritual blessing. We thank you for the precious gift of your Son, providing us forgiveness of our sins and our so great salvation. We also give thanks for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, serving as our mentor and teacher, and bringing your word alive for us. Thank you, Father, for the blessings and answered prayers of this ministry. Thank you for the provisions of this building in which to meet on a consistent basis. We also give thanks for the individuals you have raised up in their positive volition to this doctrinal ministry, giving of their time, talent, and treasure. Continue to open doors of opportunity for this ministry to proclaim the gospel message to the world. Thank you for the gift of our pastor and his faithfulness and dedication to teaching your word supply him his spiritual and temporal needs grant him encouragement through your word offer him protection from the attacks of the enemy and give grace to him that your message is spoken with accuracy and clarity delivering your full counsel we thank you for the blessings and privileges we have in the united states we pray for our leaders our president vice president and cabinet members give them wisdom moral courage and conviction in leading this nation according to your will thank you for the men and women in military service give them each courage strength and knowledge to fight the battle abroad keeping our nation safe, knowing you are in full control. Thank you for those providing local services, such as law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, and others who commit to our safety and security here at home. We pray for those who may be experiencing trials and tribulations at this time, whether it is health, financial, or anything that may be troubling, lead them to your word for comfort and to continue forward in faith. Father, allow each one of us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. Let us be thoughtful and considerate and do nothing to disturb or distract those who are serious students of the word of God. Father, we thank you for who and what you are. May honor and glory be yours. We offer you these prayers upon the merits of Christ, aware being in union with him is seated at your right hand. In his glorious name we pray. Amen. Would you please rise?
1: Fly away, your glory. I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. Over, I'll fly away to a land on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. When the shadows All this life have flown, I'll fly away, good. Like a bird from these prison walls, I'll fly, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, young glory, I'll fly away. I you When I die, hallelujah, by and by I'll fly away I'll fly away, you'll look lonely I'll fly away When I die, hallelujah, by and by Fly away, yeah, I fly away. Oh Lord, I fly
2: away. Maybe see the good job.
1: were my enemy I laid my son upon a Roman cross I love helpless, hopeless that's what you were still I keep my one and only son for you for love is who and what I am this is love, I send my only son to be the satisfaction for your sins. Love your brother, and just as I, just as I loved you. Don't forgive, don't hurt each other. Be kind and tenderhearted Comfort and help each other This is the love of God When you were dead in your sins Living in the lust of your flesh I loved you A child of wrath, that's what you were Still I gave you life were dead. I love for love is who and what I am. And this is love. I raise you with my son and sat you at my right hand out of love. Now, love your brother. Just as I, just as I loved you. Vote if don't hurt each other. Be kind and tender hearted. Comfort and help each other. This is the love of God. I love you with an everlasting love. You are my child, the apple of my eye. I gave you my all when I sacrificed my son. who Walk in my love Can show the world you're mine. Cause you're mine. Remember who and what you are Son of God united with my son In my love My truth will serve to sanctify you You and me And I will be in you In my love For love is who and what I am And this is love I made you my child I am yours And now you were mine To love you brother Just as I Just as I loved you forgive don't hurt each other be kind and tender hearted comfort and help each other this is the love of God I love you with an everlasting love you are my child the apple of my eye, I gave you my all. When I sacrificed my son, walk in my love and show the world you're mine. Show the world you're mine. Show the world you're mine, cause you're mine. school, you guys
2: All right, good morning to all of you. Could you turn your Bibles to the book of Romans? Romans chapter 15, verse 14, please. Romans chapter 15, verse 14. All right, this morning we're going to study verses 27 and 28, and we're going to find out in this passage that Paul is going to communicate to the Roman believers that he planned on traveling to Spain by way of Rome after going to Jerusalem to deliver the gift to the saints in that city from the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia. And as we've been noting during this past week, the last couple of weeks, this particular gift is talked about quite a bit in the New Testament. It's talked about in Romans, uh, Acts chapter 19. 20, 21, and 22. It's the reason why Paul got incarcerated. And as a result, we have the prison epistles today in our possession because he wrote those while he was incarcerated in Rome. He actually spent five years. When when he delivered this particular gift to the Jerusalem saints, the poor Jerusalem saints... In 57, in the spring of 58 AD, excuse me, he was incarcerated at that time because he was accused of bringing a Gentile into the Jewish section of the temple. So as a result of presenting this gift, he was incarcerated. And if it wasn't for the prayers of the saints, he would have been killed. As we saw in Acts chapter 22, we saw that the Roman uh, guard had actually protected Paul. We've seen that human government, uh, the Roman government in particular, was used by God to deliver the apostle Paul. So he then spent 58, 59... 60, 61, and 62 A.D., Five years incarcerated Because of the delivery of this gift And it was very important He went anyways Even though the Holy Spirit had warned them That he would suffer greatly At the hands of his Jewish countrymen Remember he was a great patriot Outside of Jesus Christ There was probably no one greater than the Apostle Paul As a patriot But he was hated by his own people The irony of the whole situation That's the same thing with Jesus The leadership of the Jews rejected Jesus And so the leadership of the Jews Also rejected Paul and the other Apostles But we see that Paul he had a tremendous love for the body of Christ. His churches reflected that. And the churches that he started... Remember, he's an apostle to the Gentiles. He would he, From uh, Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, the northernmost extremities of the Roman Empire, Paul had p- church planted. He, cha- he went to s- different uh, major population centers, planted church, and from there he'd move on. And he let those churches that he planted... Evangelize their own particular regions. So we see that Paul, he church planted and we see that when he wrote this epi- particular epistle, he said he'd finished this job. He's all done and he, the, uh, an end of his life is about, to, an end of a certain phase of his life is coming up where he's going to deliver this gift to the poor Jerusalem saints in, 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 uh, in that particular region in Judea and we see that the gift is from Gentile believers and that's very important because they had a schism in the church in the early first century between Jewish believers is mm-hmm. 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 And Gentile believers And isn't it interesting That love is the bond of unity Paul taught In Colossians 3.14 If we love There'll be unity And there's forgiveness And and tenderness And patience And kindness And thoughtfulness Of each other We're going to have unity But Paul wanted to have That unity Between Jew and Gentile But the Jewish people Who were saved Had a lot of uh, Suspicions About these Gentile believers We can't relate to it Because we're primarily Gentile here In the 21st century As far as the, the churches is racial composition but back then it was a big problem and the these, the apostles had to deal with this particular problem, and Paul and, and the uh, the Gentile churches over there. We don't know who got the idea, but they said we're going to put together an offering from these Gentile churches, and Paul would take the gift and with other people, and he would deliver it to them personally, safely deliver it, and this would be a token of the Gentile believers' love, and it would be a symbol of unity between the two. And they would be like uh, the Gentile believers saying. We're with you. We are identifying with you. We understand that you're going through persecution. That's why they were destitute. Because they were kicked out of the synagogues. And when they were kicked out of the synagogues, that means they lost everything. They were dropped like a hot potato by the Jewish, uh, Jewish society. And this is why they were destitute. So this gift would be a token... Of their love, and it would be an expression of unity, and it was very, very, very important because, the, and it's very important because the Holy Spirit saw fit to devote many chapters to this particular offering. Second uh, Corinthians eight, we'll touch on again today. Second Corinthians nine, because those pa- and those passages where Paul's talking to the uh, Corinthians about this particular gift gives us some information and, and the attitude of the ro- of the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia, and the attitude in which they gave. And it's kind of funny that we're, we're going to this part of Romans. We're talking about giving. So it's, it's very important that we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in these passages. It was very important in the first century, this, this particular gift. And we see that several Acts we just mentioned and also 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and Romans 15 mentions this particular offering. So it was important... Uh, it was important um, uh, to the Holy Spirit, so he put the, he had devoted so many chapters to this particular gift. So th- as we're going to see, and we've been bringing this out, giving gi- grace, giving giving that's an obedience to the Spirit is actually divine good, at which you'll be rewarded for. It's giving that is an expression of our love for our fellow believers in Christ. First John three sixteen through eighteen talks about if we have the world's goods and we see our brothers in need and we don't do anything, how can we say that the love of God is within our lives? So this is a very important gift. It's an expression of the Gentile believers' love for the Jewish believers. Now look at Romans 15, 14, please. Romans 15, 14. It says in Romans 15, 14, And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you On some points. Why? So as to remind you again. Because of the grace that was given me from God. It's my job as a communicator of the word of God. To remind you of these things. Even though you know them. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Ministering as a priest the gospel of God. So that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, or because I'm on the basis of the fact that I'm a servant of Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed. Then he goes on to explain what he means by Christ working through him by word and deed. In the power of signs and wonders... And the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about as far as Illyricum, the northernmost province of the Roman Empire in the first century, I have fully preached the gospel. Very, it's an epoch in the, in the life of the apostle Paul. He's saying I fulfilled the task which Christ sent me, to go from Jerusalem to Illyricum and church plant. And he wrote this particular epistle in the winter of 57 AD, the lull before the storm, and it, it took him about 20 years to do this. 20 years with no modern transportation, as we saw several weeks back. What an amazing feat. But how could he do that? power of the Holy Spirit and Christ working in him is how he did it. Then he says in verse 20, And thus I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. That's not pride. That's him saying, I don't want to repeat, like the Apostle John or Peter's work, I want to try to hit many places that have not heard of Christ. So that's why he says this. Then he says, to support what he said in verse 20, he quotes Isaiah fifty two fifteen. But as it is written, they, in context the Gentiles, who had no news of him, the Jewish Messiah, shall see... And they who have not heard shall understand, speaking of the same people, the Gentiles, having faith in Jesus Christ. He's speaking rhetorically there. Then he says in verse 22, For this reason, what reason? Because I was proclaiming the gospel from Jerusalem to Illyricum. He says, for this reason, I have often been prevented from coming to you. But now, with no further place for me in these regions... That doesn't mean he couldn't teach anymore. It means that he had church planted in all those major metropolitan areas. There was no more places for him to church plant. So he says, for this reason, uh, verse 23... But now, with no further place for me in these regions... And since I've had for many years a longing to come to you... Whenever I go to Spain, for I hope... Remember, we saw that the words El Piso it means... I, I'm certain... And I confidently expect to see you in passing and to be helped on my way. That talks about providing him with the transportation and finances, materials, maybe even traveling companions so that he can evangelize Spain. This was something that would, Christian hospitality, that was a, a given in the first century. They were taught that from the very beginning by Jesus. In fact, the, the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we studied that in Genesis, ...Abraham and even Lot, his nephew who was cosmic... ...he actually invited angels into their homes unknowingly. So he says there, I confidently hope to see you in passing... ...and to be helped on my way there by you... ...when I have first enjoyed your company for a while... ...meaning have fellowship with you. But now, I'm going to Jerusalem serving the saints. First things first, before I can enjoy your company... i got to finish this job here. For Macedonia and Achaia, that means the Gentile believers in those regions have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Remember, in the past few weeks, we've seen that contribution there is a word that talks about Christian fellowship. And as we've mentioned Christian fellowship in the past, it involves relationship. We all are related to each other. Whether we like each other or not is not the point. We are related to each other. We're going to live with each other forever. Forever. That's the first thing about Christian fellowship. We have a common relationship. Two, we're partners. We're partners in the gospel. As you give your time, talent, and treasure and pray for this ministry, we, we are partners in the gospel and the kingdom. And then we also see companionship. Paul talks about that, enjoying their company for a while. The companionship aspect of fellowship is not just fellowship Paul having a a potluck meal. It's sharing the things of Christ. It's going through trials and tribulations with each other as a team, as a combat unit, and being loyal to each other and dedicated to each other and helping each other, as the song said earlier. That's the third aspect of Christian fellowship. And what's the fourth? Stewardship. We have time given to us by God. How are we using it? Talent, how are we using our spiritual gift? How are we using the other talents that are not a spiritual gift? Treasure, what are we doing with our treasure and the truth that God's given to us? Remember, we studied the Bemis seat in Romans 14. That is what we're going to give an account. How did we use the things that God gave us? Were we good stewards or were we bad stewards? And that will be between you and the Lord. So then he goes on to say in verse 27, they were pleased to do so and they are indebted to them. Who was, indebted to, who was indebted to who? The Gentile believers are indebted to the Jewish believers, and we'll see why. For if, he explains, if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they're indebted, spiritual indebtedness, they're indebted to minister, serve them, also in material things. So we see the reciprocal aspect of Christian love. For instance, we've seen in the past that when you give to this church, you're reciprocating because you, if you, 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 between you and the Holy Spirit, if you think I've sowed spiritual things among you and your families, then it says I have, you're spiritually obligated to provide me with my living. That's that's what it, Paul uses this particular concept in Galatians 6 and 1st 1 Timothy 5:17 5, 5, through 18 1 Corinthians 9 but he's talking about something totally different he's talking about gentile believers that would be you and us you and I and gentile believe, uh, Jewish believers the gentile believers are indebted spiritually indebted to the Jewish believers why because our faith is Jewish salvation is of the Jews the gospel is Jewish the bible is a Jewish book Christ is a Jew. We're indebted to these people. That's why we've studied in the past with the Day of the Lord series. That being against Israel and against the Jews is not biblical. So, right there he says in verse 27. Yes, they were pleased to do so. And they're indebted to them. The original text should be rendered like this. They were pleased to do so indeed because they're indebted to them. Now, they were pleased, it's awesome, it's a great phrase. This word emphasizes that the Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia, of their own accord, took pleasure in providing for their needs of their Jewish poor Jewish brothers. They took joy in it. It wasn't a burden to them. And Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians 8. About these Macedonian believers, talking to them about, to the Corinthian believers. And he also talks about God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9. So notice in this verse that they were pleased to do this. They were pr- pleased to help these people who were poor, that their brothers and sisters in Christ that were Jewish. Hold your place. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, please. 2 Corinthians 8, 1. 2 Corinthians 8.1 You have Romans and you have 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 8.1 Paul says, Now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, the very same people that Paul's talking about in Romans 15.27 that in a great deal of affliction that means persecution people their abundance of joy And their deep poverty. We don't know deep poverty in Iowa. And I don't know anybody in deep poverty. You don't know deep poverty out here. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's bad when you see deep poverty. We don't have that in America. Maybe Appalachia, even there, is richer than the people in some other parts of this world. Deep poverty they gave. And look at it says, overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. They were generous. For I testify that according to their ability... And beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. They gave when they even couldn't. They had nothing. Begging us, they begged us with much urging for the favor of the participation and the support of the saints. They understood the principle that as you've done it under the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. The gift was basically doing it to Jesus. You're giving, my giving, all that we do, all that we are, is we're doing it for the Lord. We should be. Everything that you... When I stand up here, it's doing it for the Lord. I'm, I, by doing my, get it, dedicating myself to, to the Lord, I end up being de- uh, dedicated and serving you. And the same, same vice versa. But we need to understand that when we give, when we do anything for this church, it's doing it for the Lord. Why? Because he's the head and we're the body. So that's why it's very, we need to be very, very much aware of these things. Because this is, you're doing it to Jesus This is why Jesus will be saying I mean, He even mentions it in Matthew 25 When he comes back at a second advent And he's, he separates the sheeps and the goat And he said, they'll, he'll go to them Well you gave me a cup of water when I was thirsty When I was, was naked you clothed me when, you, when I was in prison you visited me And they'll say, Lord, when did we ever visit you in prison? When did we see you naked and clothed you? When did we see? He says, as you've done it at the least to my brethren You've done it unto me So we see here that these people in Macedonia who were deep poverty they were involved in because of persecution, they begged to give and to help these poor Jewish saints out because they knew it was an opportunity to do something good for Jesus, to help him. Then it says in verse 5, and I love this. This is so important, people. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Now I want you to notice it says in verse 2, that they gave this offering to the poor Jewish saints in Jerusalem in a great deal of affliction and abundance of joy, which is Paul. Paul mentions this in Romans 15, 27, our verse. They were pleased to do this. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 9, 1, he says, For it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. He's still talking about the gift to the poor Jewish saints in Jerusalem. For I know your readiness, Corinthians, of which I boast you about you to the Macedonians, namely, that Achaia, that's the region, uh, the Roman province that the Corinthians were in, have been prepared, or has been prepared, since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren, in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty, in this case, so that as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me, and find you unprepared, we, not to speak of you, will be put to shame by this conference. He's saying, don't embarrass me in front of these guys and don't embarrass yourselves, he's saying. By not having this gift ready, you're going to look stupid in front of me and you're going to make me ashamed of you. Then he says in verse 5, so I thought it necessary, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gifts. Notice that they promised them that they would provide for this offering so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness now listen what he says now this i say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully in context he's talking about giving each one must do just as he purposed in his heart no tithing nobody's putting your name on the on the wall of the church we don't even have a church membership just for that reason so nobody in the leadership could call you up for, beg you for money we're totally at the, at the mercy of God's grace and, and, his, and the spirit and his people each one must do just as he purposed in his heart not grudgingly if you don't want to give stick it in your pocket you're not, you're not going to get rewarded by God for doing it or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and that's what the Macedonians were but they were pleased it says in Romans 15 27 they were cheerful givers And verse 8. Now, sometimes people don't give because, graciously because it's a lack of faith. Look, it says in verse 8. God's going to take care of you. If you help his people in his kingdom and advance his kingdom, of course he's going to help you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor... His righteousness endures forever Now he who supplies seed to the sower God And bread for food Will supply and multiply your seed For sowing And increase the harvest of your righteousness You notice that he said multiply If you give graciously He's going to multiply it right back to you That's what he says Because why? Because he knows you're positive You're going to give He's going to make sure you get that money So you can give more Look at what he says in verse 11. You'll be enriched in everything. Who's going to enrich you? God. For all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So he's, what's going to happen here with this gift, and we can derive a principle out of this, when we give, it produces thanksgiving to God. When our needs are met, we give thanksgiving to God, those of us who are in the leadership of the church. When the Roman believers, or when the, uh, the Gentile believers, their gift... From Macedonia and Achaia, that gift, when it was delivered to the poor saints in Jerusalem, they gave thanksgiving to God because of that gift, because their needs were being met. They were destitute. They were poor. They had nothing. So this is what he's talking about here. For the, verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgiving to God. Now go back to Romans fifteen twenty-seven, please. Romans 15, So it says, yes, Romans fifteen twenty seven. or we could say, instead of putting the yes there, we'll go, they were pleased to do so indeed, because they're indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they're indebted to minister to them also in material things. Now when it says, they were pleased to do so, because they're indebted to them, the word to do there is used to the actions of the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia, and providing of their own accord for the needs of the destitute Jewish believers in Jerusalem from their own resources. Again, they were good stewards with their money. They knew why they were given the money they had. They knew why they were given the talent they were given. They know why they were given the time on this earth. You're here for the master and I'm here for the master to do his will. When he says indebted, that's the key verse, key word in the passage, it denotes that the Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia were morally And not legally obligated, was no law, but it was a moral issue. And they were morally obligated to provide for the material or temporal needs of the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem because they benefited from the spiritual blessings flowing from the promises to the Jewish patriarchs. They were morally obligated. God says we're to love. We're to love one another as God has loved us. How did he love us? Self-sacrificially. He gave his all. He gave his only son, so we're morally obligated. Look at uh, hold your place, look at first John chapter three, verse sixteen. John talks about this moral obligation. First John three16. 1 John 3.16 You know, when we give, it's a tangible expression of the fact that we love our brother. The Gentile churches tangibly express the fact that they love their Jewish brothers with the gift. Look at 1 John 3.16. John talks about this. We know love by this. How? That Christ laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought, spiritual obligation, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? It doesn't. Look at verse eighteen. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed, in deed and truth. Not lip service. Say, "I love your brother." He's saying, "Don't go and see if you see a, a destitute brother and you w- turn your heart from him, bar your heart from him." You know, don't say "I love you, brother," and then walk away. That's that's what you saying. Don't do that. That's lip service. I love you, brother. No, love you, brother shows that when you help that person, your brother and sister in Christ who is in need. Remember, when you do it to the to the body of Christ, you're doing it to Jesus. So there we see the moral obligation. It's loving. The Roman believer, the Macedonian believers, and the Achaean believers were morally obligated to give this gift to provide a gift for the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem. Now, go back to Romans fifteen twenty-seven, please. Now, I, I just want to throw something in here. <clears throat> every time you come, every pastor has to deal with it, and you just got to go with it. But when we come to the subject about giving, this passage is talking about giving... It's very easy to get subjective. And, you know, we all have areas that we've failed in and we're good in. So we've got to just be objective and say, okay, if I, made a mistake, if I haven't been what I should be in this area, then I need to make changes. And if you're doing good, you don't have to worry about it. You're, you're being encouraged right now. And some might be convicted. I don't know. That's between you and God. But, you know, you've got to understand something that, you know, when I, it's, it's interesting. I had this lesson prepared like about over a month ago. So it's kind of interesting that the Holy Spirit has this uh, going on at this particular time in in the life of our ministry. But notice that Paul says that they're indebted. He's talking about giving here. They're spiritually indebted, the Gentile believers, indebted to the Jewish believers who are poor. Now, why is that? Why is that? I mentioned it earlier. First of all, the gospel which they believed in originated with the Jews. Remember, the gospel goes back to Abraham. And you, Abraham, and your seed, all the nations, the Gentiles, will be blessed. How? Through faith in Christ. It was also proclaimed to them, the gospel, by the Jews. These Gentile believers in Macedonia and Nicaea, who evangelized him? Jews. And also the Savior, Jesus, is a Jew. As Jesus said to the woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, he said, salvation is of the Jews. In Romans 11, 13 through 28, we studied. And also in Romans 15, 8 through 12, Paul made this clear again that the Gentile believers are spiritually indebted to the Jewish believers. Now, when he says, if you look at the verse, for if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they're indebted to minister to them also in material things, that explains specifically why the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia were obligated to provide from their own resources and of their own accord a contribution for the destitute Jewish believers in Jerusalem. Now, it's a first-class condition in the original. That indicates the assumption of truth for the sake of argument. And it's designed to teach Paul's Gentile readers that they're spiritually indebted to their Jewish brethren. So Paul says something, and then he explains it. Very important. When, we, when we're up there, when you look at Paul's writings. That's why Romans is so awesome, because he explains everything he teaches. He makes a statement, he explains it. And God's like that. And that's a good lesson for uh, teachers, and also for parents, when you're teaching your children. It's good to give an explanation why, so that they understand why you're to do, why they're to do what you command them to do or prohibit them from doing. Now, they're spiritual things. That refers to every spiritual blessing as a result of the Christian being in union with Christ and identified with him in his death, burial, resurrection, and session. It also refers to those blessings connected to the believer's salvation or deliverance from the sin nature, the devil and his cosmic system, as well as those blessings connected to the believer's sanctification. These spiritual blessings refer to the fact that the believer has received uh, over 60 things from the Holy Spirit as a result of trusting in Jesus Christ as Savior. These spiritual blessings are also connected to the blessings of the Abrahamic Covenant. Why? Because Romans 11, 16 through 28, Romans 15, 8 through 12 teach that you and I as Gentile believers are joint partakers with Jewish believers of the abundant blessings of the Abrahamic covenant. Hold your place. Look at Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Look at Galatians 3.1. Galatians 3.1. The Galatians were fallen victim to legalism. The Judaizers came in there and said, you've got to get circumcised and everything. And then Paul's like, you knuckleheads, you, you're being deceived, don't listen to them. I, I, he taught them and they were tested and they failed the test. Look at Galatians 3.1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Obviously the latter. Are you so foolish? Notice how tough he was with him. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provide you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith. The latter, of course. Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. We study this in Romans 4. We're the spiritual children of Abraham. Therefore, verse 7, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham, the scripture foreseeing, that God would justify the Gentiles, you and I, by faith, Faith in who? Christ, who's a descendant of Abraham, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. The gospel was known way back to Abraham, he's saying. It's nothing new. Paul said that in Romans 1, 3, and 4. It was witnessed by the law and the prophets. Then he goes on to say, in verse 10, excuse me, verse 9, So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, uh, with Abraham, the believer. Notice that we're blessed with Abraham. Gentile believers... The promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob One of those promises is the gift of the Spirit We received that Look at verse 10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all these things Written in the book of the law to perform them Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident For the righteous man shall live by faith However the law is not of faith On the contrary, he who practices them, practices them shall live by them Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree why? why did God send his son to the cross? here's a reason in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to us the Gentiles thus we're spiritually indebted to the Jews because Abraham is the father of the Jews not to mention the father of our faith so that we would receive the promise of what? the spirit through faith if, that, if, we, you know, if we don't have the Jews, we don't have our so great salvation. God choo- chose out of the world one man, Abraham. And then he wanted to have a nation from him. It came to pass, Israel. Why? Because he wanted to bring one man, the God-man, into the world to save the rest of the world, the rest of the nations. So that's where spiritually indebted to the Jews. Now go back to Romans fifteen twenty seven, please. And look at the second statement. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. So, not only are the Gentiles joint partakers of the abundant blessings of the Abrahamic covenant through faith in Christ, as we saw, but they're also joint partakers of the blessings of the new covenant. Now, they are indebted. Uh, that particular f- phrase means that the Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia are under obligation to the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem To provide for their temporal needs. They're obligated since through faith in the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. They're benefiting from the spiritual blessings of the Abrahamic and New Covenants and their union and identification with Christ. To minister refers to providing for the needs of the destitute Jewish believers in Jerusalem. And when it says in material things, that's set in contrast with the phrase spiritual things. Indicating that the Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia we're under obligation to the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem to minister to them by means of providing them with material blessings. Now, in Romans 15:28, Paul reveals to the Roman believers that he planned to go to Spain by way of Rome after delivering to the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem the contribution from the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia. Look at Romans 15:28. "Therefore, when I have finished this, finish what? Deliver the gift." And I put my seal on this, uh, put my seal on this fruit of theirs. That means I'm gonna safely deliver it to them. It tells you the conscientiousness of Paul. It shows his dedication to the cause of Christ and to the body of Christ in serving them. He was gonna, he, he couldn't relax until he did this. This was more important. Did he want to relax and spend some time with the Roman believers? Absolutely. But he had to do this first. This was most important he had to get the job done. So he says in verse 28, Therefore, when I finish this and put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go on by way of you to Spain. Now that statement is a result of an inference from the the statements in verses 22 through 27. It's actually summarizing what he wrote in those verses. And when he says, when I have finished, that indicates that Paul will visit Spain via Rome after completing this task of delivering the collection from the Gentile churches and Macedonia and Achaia for the destitute Jewish believers in Jerusalem. So we see that he was going to go to Spain. That was his ultimate destination. Now, when he says, uh, when we have the statements there, when I have finished this and have put my seal on this fruit of theirs, they're both speaking of the same thing, delivering this contribution to uh, the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem. When he says, have put my seal on, that refers to a safely accomplished transaction. It tells us that Paul was, again, conscientious. You know what conscientious means? You do your job as under the Lord, whether people appreciate it or you don't. One of the things I loved when I read about my dad, I learned, you learn a lot about people, like if you take family members, my dad. I remember looking at a, a, a book about his company. And I'll never forget this. And I, and I knew this about him, but it was kind of interesting that somebody else wrote this about him. And it said, mentioned he was very conscientious. I was very impressed by that because I didn't write it. Nobody in our family or Somebody else wrote it. Actually, the people who he worked for wrote that. This was what Paul was. Paul was a conscientious person. You know, Paul, this is what conscientiousness isn't. I used to work in this, uh, used to be a, a manager of a computer store. I used to manage the office in this NEC dealer in Massachusetts. And I remember once in a while you'd go through the cub- cubicles and you'd see, you know, you'd see one of the guys. When the, when the big boss was out of town... Was out of the office, you'd see some of these guys with their feet up were, you know, playing uh, solitaire. Not conscientious at all. Don't think I didn't know that. And, and, and when we had discussions about who's doing what in the company, I, I made sure that my boss knew what was going on about that. That's not being conscientious. Conscientious means that you've been given a job to do and you do it. Regardless of whether you're appreciated or you're liked or disliked or whatever your problems are you have a job to do. Imagine if we just said, in our jobs and said, see you later, I'm not going to be here. That is not being conscientious. Conscientious means, I'm going to do it and I do it under the Lord and that's what Paul did. He, put, he says, I, Paul could have done a bunch of other things. He took it upon himself to do it. He had initiative as well. Now this fruit, Here's the great thing about giving. He's saying that this gift, by using this phrase, this fruit, he's saying that the proceeds from this collection that Paul received from the Gentile churches in Macedonia and Achaia to be delivered to the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem, this that's what it's referring to when he says this fruit. It's actually referring to divine good. It indicates that Paul considered this offering as divine good, which means it's produced by the obedient believer in, by, uh, in this particular good, this giving, was produced by the Holy Spirit as the Rome, as the Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia obeyed the Holy Spirit. So when the, the Holy Spirit, as we read in these passages, and you respond or I respond to one of these things that we heard today, you're responding to the Holy Spirit. If you think that, if you think that it's Bill talking, leave. You shouldn't go to this church if you think Bill's speaking from his own thing. Because I don't even want to teach the word of God. I said, God, get me out of here. I don't want to speak for you if I'm not speaking for you. I could do something else. But if the Holy, the Holy Spirit's speaking through and we respond to it, then that's divine good. Whether it's giving or it's something else. Whatever you're doing. If you're doing it in response to the command, love one another as I have loved you, forgive, tolerate, be patient with one another as I've been forgiving and tolerant and patient of you, and you're producing divine good. You know what that's going to be? That means you're developing the character of Christ in your life. You're going to get rewarded. Some have given, some in this ministry have given so much and have so little. they destitute, but they've given a lot of, their, of themselves. Not just talking about finances, but their time to this ministry. There's blood, sweat, and tears like I have too. And God hasn't forgotten about that. God sees what you've done. He'll reward you. He sees that, but it's divine good. When we're obeying what the Spirit says, that's divine good. If you're not listening, you never give. If it's not, if it's not in obedience to the Holy Spirit, don't give. You give because the Holy Spirit's convicting you, encouraging you, challenging you, encouraging, guiding you to do it. Don't do it for any other reason. I will go on by way of Spain. To you. That indicates that after delivering the contribution of the poor in Jerusalem. Paul's going to depart for Spain by way of the believers in Rome. So as we close here, this particular statement in verse 28 reveals the importance, as I noted at the beginning of the service. It reveals the importance that Paul attached to this offering and that it demonstrates that he would not visit the Roman believers and head to Spain until he had first safely delivered this offering to the poor Jewish believers in Jerusalem. These people needed it. They were more important. People are more important than everything. There's nothing more important. We're in the people business. There's nothing more important than people. This is what it's about. And that's what Paul did. He understood that this has got to... Would I love to go to Rome right now and have a great time, relax a little bit? No. These people are in need. i got to help them. I love them. And this gift is a token of the Gentile believers' love in Macedonia and Achaia for the poor Jewish believers. It's going to promote unity. They're going to get this gift. The Jewish believers are going to say, these guys aren't so bad after all. Look at this gift that they gave. And Paul will say, and they gave, the Macedonians gave out of their poverty. They begged for us. And they would rejoice, the the Jewish believers. And they did. And they gave thanks to God for this offering because their needs were met. God didn't have to come down and perform a miracle like the great, uh, the uh, the Red Sea. He works through His people, like you and me. Those people in Macedonia and Achaia were just like you and me. Nobody's super superstars there. It's just ordinary people, farmers, business people, just doing their thing for the cause of Christ, and it will be rewarded. And you'll see maybe and you so maybe some of us are going to be up there too, and we get rewarded from the Lord. For the little things That we did for the cause of Christ That nobody saw But God did And many things that we did say the people did say We do Those will be rewarded as well While we run out of time Let's bow our heads in prayer Father we just thank you For this time to gather together With the saints We thank you for everyone here This morning That has taken time out From their days ...to listen to your word. And we just pray, Father, that this particular message... ...would touch the hearts of your people... ...that it would encourage them... ...strengthen them in righteousness... ...instruct them in righteousness... ...and rebuke if necessary... ...obviously, because you love us... ...and so we can do the right thing. And we pray, Father, that we would bring glory to you... ...as a result of applying what we learned here... ...in this service this morning. And if there's anyone here... that can hear my voice... ...or is on the internet... ...or wherever they are... ...the sound of my voice... I'm here to tell you that God so loved the world that He gave His uniquely born Son that whoever believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal life. For the Father did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through Him. You have a volition of free will and you can say to the Father now in your own words that you're believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. The moment you do that, you've been entered into the family of God and you received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You are now in union with the One who's the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills. And now you are the responsibility of the Father. That's right. You're his responsibility. And so now all that you will do and all that you will say and think is to bring glory to him and his son, Jesus Christ. But the choice is yours. If you don't, I have a responsibility to tell you that if you don't believe in him, you're in danger of the lake of fire, the eternal lake of fire. It is a real place. It's not a metaphor. The Bible teaches... That those who reject Jesus Christ will go there. But God doesn't want you to go there. That's why He sent His Son to the cross to die for every human being, past, present, and future, and for every sin committed, past, present, and future, so that you might have a relationship and fellowship with the, the triune God. So the choice is yours. Will he be your judge or will he be your Savior? Again, we thank you and praise you, Father. You are our Heavenly Father who cares us, cares for us, and loves us, not only as individuals but you love us as a church as well. In our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Could our ushers come forward for the Sunday morning offering, please? Trent, I'll do the, uh, I'll do the what do you call it? You can come up, the guys who are ushering. I just said I'll, I'll do the prayer. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, okay, let's just take, a, let's take a, a pray for this offering right now. And before we do, I'd like to thank those who have been giving, faithful giving to this ministry and uh, from the uh, inception of the church all the way up to this present moment. And if this is a, this is a time that you can give, uh, we are, I just have a responsibility to tell you that we are in, in the red. So uh, if you could help us out, that'd be great. And uh, let's pray for the offering. Father, we just pray for this offering that it would be given with proper motivation, out of love and appreciation and obedience to the Spirit. Love and appreciation for you, Father, and all that you've done for us, and out of love for the body of Christ. And we pray that this would be, produce divine good that brings glory to you, and meet our needs here, and produce many thanksgiving to you, Father. In our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's name, amen.
1: Times People asking me how I can praise you With all that I've gone through The question just amazes me Can circumstances possibly change Who I forever am in you Maybe since my life has changed Long before these rainy days It's never really ever crossed my mind To turn my back on you, oh Lord My only shelter from the storm And instead Draw closer to these times So I pray Bring me peace Bring the chance to be free Bring me anything that brings you glory And I know there'll be days When this life brings me pain But if that's what it takes To praise you Jesus, bring the rain yours regardless of the clouds that may loom above, because you are much greater than my pain You who made a way for me are suffering your destiny, so tell me, what's a little rain So I Bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free. Bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring the rest.